Hi, I'm Rena Grove. And I'm Madhvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a different trend or topic so you can stay informed the easy way. So, Madhvi, what's the topic this week? I recently watched this video about dopamine detoxing on YouTube. There was this super intense German guy. Kind of reminded me of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, what is it about super intense German-speaking guys? Anyway, he's one of these sort of, you know, I want to optimize my life and my body and I want to hack my body and all this kind of stuff. And he's an entrepreneur and he eats two meals a day, one of which is always like scrambled eggs, ground beef and broccoli protein so anyway in the spirit of being the most productive human being optimized machine that he can be he did what was in trend i think about a year ago this dopamine detox thing where he basically consumed no media for a week so he didn't have netflix podcasts no youtube he wasn't checking his phone and he did a brain scan before these seven days and a brain scan afterwards and the brain scan afterwards showed that his concentration had improved his reaction times had improved and his anxiety levels had gone down so he was just like much clearer and more focused so i wanted to talk about this because i think like dopamine is a word that gets thrown around a lot nowadays because of, I guess, social media, and we're all addicted to dopamine. And we have these terms like dopamine hits and dopamine detox, which are all wrong, because when you think about detox, is dopamine like a toxin that we have to clear out of our bodies? Actually, no, we all have a baseline of dopamine, and we need dopamine to function. It gives us our motivation and drive for life, and it gives us our pleasure in everyday life things. So we actually don't need to detox from dopamine and the idea of dopamine hits is a bit wrong too so I was just thinking about the science of this and yeah also this kind of tendency everyone who's done this or like a lot of people on the internet are all about sort of you know using science to make their lives more productive as well which is kind of paradoxical in a way I guess because It's a bit like, I don't know, Sam Harris is always going on about the benefits of meditation. All these bros are doing meditation because they want to become more productive and better functioning and stuff. But once you start doing meditation for the benefits of meditation, you're kind of going against the basic philosophy of meditation. Anyway, so I was thinking about this in terms of dopamine and this whole dopamine detox thing and how it's sometimes overly simplified and maybe how we could discuss it in a way that's sort of a bit more embracing all the complexity of this really important molecule in our bodies. Right off the bat, when you texted me about dopamine detox, I sat down and I made a short list of like, okay, how often am I on social media? More specifically, how often am I on my phone and what apps do I use regularly? Because I think as a millennial growing up in this like technology age, we're sort of conditioned to always be on our phones or you know, to spend a lot of time on there. And I was like, okay, what are the apps I use the most? WhatsApp, Instagram, City Mapper, the Bifogi app, and the weather app, and Spotify. And I was sort of thinking, it was like, okay, where do these kind of like play into my life? Because my first instinct was to be like, I'm not really on my phone that much. Because sometimes when you think about detoxing, like this idea, right? The like 
perpetuated idea of dopamine detox. I thought about it only in relation to Instagram. And I was like, I'm not actually on Instagram that much. Like if I am on Instagram posting something, then it's usually for like our Instagram channel or it's, you know, for one of the various other ones. But it's not ever really like for me, me personally. And so I was like, that doesn't count because that's work. And then I was thinking what you were just saying about how like, oh, so they hack their bodies and they meditate to become more productive you go into like the other direction of like, we were talking about like laziness, right? I'm not saying that like being addicted to social media is good, but it's this idea of like, oh, you're going to give up something so you can be more productive. But why do you have to be productive? Can't you just be unproductive? I went off on this like weird tangent. And then I was just thinking, I was like, I don't know if I'm addicted to my phone. I don't think so. Because like I was just in Budapest and we went to the baths and I left my phone at home and we were gone for like five, six hours. Didn't bother me. I feel like the way people describe it is, is like you can't leave your phone or... Yeah, so I think this is one of the problems when we think about dopamine is we're always thinking about it in relation to social media. Yeah. But dopamine is actually much more than just, you know, you get it from social media. It's not true. I'm going to give you some facts about dopamine. Oh, yay. So to illustrate to you just how important dopamine is, in the 1980s in California, there were a bunch of heroin addicts and they were trying to get this substance called MPPP because it kind of is like heroin and they were addicts. So they're trying to get that, but the lab fucked up basically and they made MPTP. And what MPTP does is it kills dopaminergic neurons. So it stops you from experiencing any dopamine and all of these people they got like parkinsonians so they were boxed in paralyzed they could not blink they had no motivation they had no drive they could not move and it was irreversible what yeah horrific really bad but that's basically the effect of not being able to have any dopamine so if we go into like what the functions of dopamine are there are basically two main neural pathways and two main things that it does. The first one is that it controls movement. So people with Parkinson's, sometimes they have like less dopamine. Or the other thing is it controls our motivation and craving and drive. So it makes us want to go seek things outside ourselves. Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because when you, other than the moving thing, I was like, that just sounds me when I'm in a depressive low. That's exactly it. Everyone has always a baseline of dopamine. If you are like depressive and some people are naturally lower, they just have a lower baseline of dopamine. And if you are, you know, one of those really excitable, happy, jumpy, super energizer, bunny type people, you've probably just got a higher baseline of dopamine. So there's always dopamine. You've always got this baseline. But what people are talking about when they say hits is like you have certain peaks along this baseline. So normally what happens is if you, I don't know, if you have sex, if you smoke a cigarette, if you take some cocaine or whatever, you get... I just love the, if you take some cocaine, you know, that regular Tuesday. Cocaine is very good for dopamine. Actually, it's not very good. We'll get into that. But you get this peak. Mm -hmm. You feel really good and a lot of pleasure. But then what happens is after this, you're dopamine dips and your baseline goes back to lower than it was before so you lower your general baseline mm -hmm. so every time you experience something really pleasurable 
your dopamine baseline then lowers until you know your dopamine that's ready to get go gets repleted again and then you gradually rise to your normal baseline again so it's kind of like how addiction works right so like say for example instagram you look at something and you're like oh that was great and then you look at something else and something else and something else and you're trying to recreate that great feeling but what you're really doing is just depleting all your dopamine and eventually it won't give you any pleasure there's a bit like cocaine too like you do it it's got you've got a great hit and then you go down on a low and your answer to that is like, I just have to do cocaine again, but then you have to do way more and you're going to go way down lower as well. And you're just like depleting all your dopamine rather than actually getting the dopamine sort of peak again. So just so you know, chocolate can increase your dopamine by 1.5 times, sex by two times, Nicotine by 2.5 times, cocaine 2.5 times, amphetamines by 10 times. Exercise is subjective. So if you really like exercise, then two times. But then like, if you really don't like it, then it's just not going to give you any dopamine increase at all. Is this why people have runner's high? What is runner's high? It's like when you go for a run and then you feel high afterwards. Like people really like, they're like, Wah! is it because they're getting dopamine yeah. from exercising? Yeah. Mm. And there's also something linked to like achievement. So like, say if you run a marathon or something and you get a reward from that, then you might feel like happy because you got the reward, you got your medal. But they say that actually it's not good when you do something for the reward only. You should do it for the process because your mindset and your subjectivity is completely linked to dopamine. So when you run, if you say, oh, I'm going to get a reward, then you're going to get your dopamine on the reward, but your run will be way more painful. Whereas if you say when you're running that this is great, I love running, and you're not doing it for a reward, then your dopamine is going to be prolonged like during the time of your run. And they did this experiment with children where like children love drawing and painting and stuff like that in general. But then they took some kids and they gave them like a star or something, like a reward after they did some paintings. And they were really happy with that. They got their dopamine. But then they stopped giving them the star. And those kids just stopped drawing because they were attaching the activity to the reward and the dopamine to the reward mm. rather than this intrinsic sort of dopamine just for the sake of drawing, which an activity that they really love. So you can actually take away your pleasure from an activity if you attach it to a reward, which is really important for like growth mindset stuff, right? Because it's all about process and the learning and the thing and not really the goal. That's really interesting because that really resonates with me. Yeah. Because I enjoy doing things as long as you, I want to say as long as you tell me, don't tell me to do them. When I was in school, I hated learning French because you were graded on it you got a grade on the end, like you were told, oh, you did well on this. Whereas when I can just learn French for the sake of learning French without anything at the end, I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I went back as an adult to take French classes. And I find this happens with a lot of things where if it's something that I enjoy doing, like running, I used to be a really, really good runner, surprising. I um would was like so quick at running that like our track coach tried to come to recruit me to be on the track team, but then I didn't want to do it anymore. Like it wasn't fun. Like when we were just running in PE class without like any sort of 
there wasn't a competition. There wasn't anything to win. We were just going to run and that was it. I really liked doing that. And then the second that like they tried to get me to be on the track team, I was like, I don't want to be on your track team. Like, I don't want to do this for a reward. Like, it took all of the fun out of it immediately. That's kind of what I was saying with all of this, like, body hacking stuff, too. Like, I think this guy who did this dopamine detox, like, the reward at the end, I guess, was, like, his brain scan was better, and I guess that's why he was doing it. But it just seems then in that sense that, like, oh, meditating or hacking your body is just a tool of capitalism to make you more productive. Exactly. So how does that work then, though? Because like, if the goal at the end is to be productive, to do better, then aren't you setting yourself a goal and going to have a reward? Well, you can use, I mean, you can use the knowledge in many different ways. And some things that I found really interesting, actually, for life about, I watched the Huben podcast, and he's a neuroscientist and an ophthalmologist, and uh, he teaches at Stanford. It's very science-based. And yeah, this is how dopamine ties into sort of pleasure in life in some ways because he gave this example of like say you know you're a work hard play hard kind of person right so you go clubbing at the weekends and then like during the week you go out for a nice meal or you know you go for a swim a one mile swim whatever you're getting dopamine from all those things but he said at some point you're going to feel burnt out and not take much pleasure in any of those activities anymore Because what you're always doing is you're getting all these dopamine hits and your baseline is just going lower and lower and lower of dopamine. And then you're not going to find your drive in anything. So what he said is a lot of things that we do for productivities, for example, running while listening to a podcast, super depletes your dopamine because like the listening to the podcast is a dopamine thing. Plus the running is dopamine if you like it. And... By combining these things, like looking at your phone while you're traveling or whatever, it's also giving you more and more dopamine peaks, which then depletes your dopamine altogether. And he said the key is that you should do this like intermittent scheduling. So sometimes if you're traveling, you just shouldn't do anything. You should just be bored in that moment. Like you shouldn't be productive. Or if you're working out, you should just work out and not layer on music or any other dopamine thing on top of it. And then sometimes when you work out, you know, you can and sometimes you don't, but you should like change your schedule and not always do the same activities in the same way. So like this idea of like having the perfect schedule and being the most productive and always optimizing everything doesn't actually work in terms of dopamine. Like you have to vary things. You have to sometimes be bored. You don't always have to like be the most productive in every single moment because it means too much overload. Interesting. But then how can you do anything ever? Well, that's the thing. You can higher your baseline level. How? Teach me. (laughs) Please. So one of the things you can do is just like replenish your dopamine by not engaging with dopaminergic activities. So like what the guy did in the YouTube video, he just like stopped listening to podcasts, stopped looking at his phone. He said books were allowed, which is weird because books are a source of pleasure. But but I think it's weird that, like you said, all dopamine activities nowadays are linked to technology, which I just don't think is true. Like it's it's absolutely not true. But anyway, yeah, so limit obviously that kind of stuff. And then also keep to this like intermittent schedule. So it's random when 
you're going to get dopamine and when you're not. So sometimes, you know, if you like going to art galleries, do it socially with a friend, which is like double dopamine. And then sometimes do it alone, but don't fall into a pattern of always, you know, having a coffee and a cake and meeting a friend and going to an art gallery. That's like way a lot of dopamine. Another thing you can do, which is really interesting, is ice baths and cold showers. I no, know. Thank you. Studies have actually shown that it does like raise your dopamine significantly for a longer period of time. And it seems like a pretty good way to go because dopamine and adrenaline are kind of connected. So I don't know, it just kind of gives you this feeling of excitement and pleasure for a longer period of time. And mm. it's supposed to be super good for you. So that's one thing that they say that you can do. The other thing that's actually quite good for dopamine is weirdly caffeine. But caffeine doesn't increase your dopamine. What it does is it improves your dopamine receptors. So when you experience dopamine, you can just feel it more. So caffeine seems to be kind of okay with that. I should in that sense. point out at this point, I stopped drinking coffee, caffeine for my insomnia and anxiety. So it's really... <laughs> So maybe that was counterproductive in terms of improving my mental health. No, I still drink tea, which has caffeine in it, and matcha, so... Yeah, exactly. Any matcha, mate, everything, or anything with caffeine is fine. And yeah, don't do... I think cocaine and metamphetamines have been shown to damage those receptors. Cool. I won't do cocaine. And yeah, I don't know, there was an interesting discussion because... So the guy who did the YouTube video, he said that he felt that this constant need to always sort of be distracted and look at his phone and listen to podcasts or whatever was because he was avoiding this feeling of kind of loneliness mm -hmm. and then the guy Huberman who's a neuroscientist said that he thinks it's a myth that you know this idea of people can't stop looking at their phones is linked to people can't be alone because it's a cool technology and like we do need it and also close relationships are really good for dopamine so if you have close relationships you know with friends if you're keeping in touch with them on the phone or even in real life it's the same like it's also kind of good for your baseline level of dopamine too so it's this weird thing about social media i was thinking when i was like thinking through all the different apps that i use on my phone the app that i use most is like whatsapp but that's not like instagram like it's not an app where you're like scrolling and liking things I use that purely because as someone who's lived in many different countries and has friends from many different countries, my closest friends don't live in this city. So if I didn't have the phone, I wouldn't be able to maintain a lot of my relationships. So I don't know. I was listening to this podcast about dopamine detoxing. One of the things they were talking about that is how we live in an age of convenience. It's kind of similar to this idea of like dopamine hits. Actually, I guess it's the same thing. But they were talking about it in the broader sense of like, oh, it's not just liking a picture on Instagram or, you know, there's been like studies where they've said, oh, like you're, you have the same brain activity when you like get a match on a dating app that you do when like you play a casino. Like, yeah, you get that dopamine peak. And they were talking about how back in the day you used to have the phone and you used to have, you know, everything was kind of spread out in different places. But now your cell phone is everything. We live in an age where convenience triumphs over quality. So what they're saying in the sense of like the example that they, this is from the United States, so the examples they mentioned was like Walmart and Amazon. So for example, when Walmart first came on the scene, 
when you wanted something, you would go and get it because it was convenient to get it there rather than go to a bunch of different shops, like compare prices and do all of these things. So now that we live in an age of rapid convenience, you know, you can on your way from work, you can order food and it'll be home when you get it. If you need a book, you can, you know, order it on Amazon Prime and it'll be there the next day. We're so engaged in this, like we're getting all these like dum 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 things all of the time that we haven't separated out the different aspects of our life anymore. And we've just highly focused it on convenience. And convenience has become the new dopamine peak source. So it's not necessarily about social media or your phone. It's about convenience. Do you think so? I don't know. I mean, I saw their point in the sense of like, say I'm looking for a new bedspread. And so rather than go to a bunch of different stores and see what the selection is and compare the price and the quality, say I were a person who did this, I can open Amazon Prime and go dum 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 done, boom, bought. I don't know if convenience is the source of the dopamine or just buying a thing. Yeah, yeah, buying the thing is the source. But I think what they were trying to say was we live in an age where buying things has become so convenient that it has increased these dopamine peaks. If you've ever seen anyone on Amazon or eBay looking for bargains and stuff, that's addictive behavior because they're trying to, you know, they get the dopamine peak and then they're trying to get it again by repeated behavior. And then they're shopping more. We're shopping more because that's our source of, you know, where we got dopamine last. Yeah, I mean, I guess their point was just that shopping and everything in our lives has become so convenient that you're used to that dopamine peak from there really quickly. And so we don't have the long, not even like the longevity to look things, but you you want a thing and you want it now. You want that immediate gratification and everything is so convenient. It's interesting because um, dopamine is more the drive and the motivation to get the thing. Obviously, you feel the pleasure when you get the thing as well with the gratification, but it's more sort of... But maybe isn't that the the point of the convenience thing, where it's like, because you don't have to go through the drive to get something anymore. You can just get it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to work for the product. You click two buttons on your phone and you have it and you have it the next day. Like, you get the reward... Faster. Faster. So we're looking for rewards with more frequency. Yeah. And it's never been easier. And it's, again, it's not just about like Instagram and likes, it's about every aspect of your life. One of the things about dopamine is that the peak you get or how you feel is in direct relation subjectively to what just came before. So say, for example, you're looking on Instagram and you see a picture you like, you're like, oh yeah, I like that. And you, you get a peak. But then the next picture you see, Maybe in relation to the last picture, you don't like it as much, so you don't get as much pleasure from it. Whereas if you saw it in reverse order, you might have got more pleasure from it kind of before. So what you're saying is that we have to post our pictures at exactly the right time on Instagram so that they are the first thing that people see, so people like the misinformed Instagram more. Uh, There could be something to that. You know, no matter how much, with how much, you can increase your frequency... But if the first thing you saw, the first thing you bought was really amazing, you'll probably never hit that like thing again until your dopamine baseline resets and all that. Or, it's, you know, if you see it in the next another two, three days and then, you know, 
Is that why when you're really hungry and you then you finally eat a meal that tastes like the most amazing yes. meal ever, and then you go back and eat it again, you're like, this isn't that great? Yes. They link that to intermittent fasting. You know, you eat within a certain window, so within a six-hour window, eight-hour window, 12-hour window. And yeah, because you fasted for so long, you will feel so much more pleasure mm. in the thing than you would have otherwise. Interesting. Mm. When you were talking, I thought of Trump responders. Do you know what Trump responders are? No. Oh, my God. So there are left-wing, let's just say, for simplicity's sake, and right-wing Trump responders. These are people who, I mean, back in the day, obviously, now Trump was banned from Twitter, and he's no longer president of the United States, so things might be a bit different. But back in the day, they would compete to be the first person to respond to Trump on Twitter. Whether they're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, they want to be the first responder. Which is wild when you really think about it, because he would tweet at the weirdest times. He would tweet really quickly. Like, you have to be on Twitter all of the time to be the first one. And you want to be able to respond within seconds to what he said. And it has to make sense, right? The idea behind it is that they kind of want to lift their own profile, like they want to, you know, ride the wave. But you have to be on Twitter all of the time. So alert, because like, imagine you just wait for a split, like you get a notification and then you, someone else has already responded and the time it's taking you to do that. It's a game. It's a game and it's a dopamine peak. Yeah. Now I'm just going to go around everything in life and be like, dopamine peak, dopamine peak, dopamine peak. Great. So everyone smash your phone. We have three things you can do to and help yourself when it comes to your dopamine levels. And one of them is not smash your phone? No. Oh, that's a shame. Number one is try and take a cold shower every day, which so far research has showed, you know, has a sustained rise in dopamine and quite good mental and physical effects. Thing two, when you do something pleasurable, don't combine it with other pleasurable things. Don't watch a TV show while you're eating. Don't listen to a podcast on your daily run. You know, one at a time. And number three have caffeine. It helps you experience dopamine by improving your dopamine receptors. Also, don't take amphetamines or cocaine. It might help you in the short term, but not in the long run. If you've taken anything away from this podcast, it's don't do cocaine. Thank you for listening. Until next week. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also help us by supporting us on Patreon for as little as €4 Euro a month. Visit patreon.com slash misinformed. For links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback, requests, or just to say hi misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.